Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. In 2022, Team Milk came together by sponsoring female marathon runners for the marathon in New York City. Today, they're more than 20,000 strong. In 2024, Team Milk is making an even bigger commitment to female runners and launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. The inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16th, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. Remember the last time we taped and Alec Baldwin hated it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is that going to happen again? (laughs) Hey, you are listening to Intuit from Vulture. I'm Sam Sanders. And this week, we're talking about Kim Kardashian. Her reality show on Hulu is back with a new season this week. And I keep wondering when, if ever, the Kardashian machine stops working. Can it even stop working? We'll discuss more in depth later. But first, going to play a game with two podcasters who seriously mean the world to me. They talk about celebrities on their podcast, but they make it a point to generally avoid discussion of Kim Kardashian. They'll explain. Uh, Lindsay, Bobby, hi. Glad y'all are here. Hi. Tell folks who you are and what your show is. Our show is Who Weekly. Uh, It's a Mm -hmm. twice, arguably four times (laughs) weekly (laughs) podcast (laughs) in which Lindsay and I talk about... Uh, a category of celebrities we refer to lovingly as who's. We separated celebrities into a binary. There are thems, the people you know all about, the people you see everywhere, the people whose jobs are very clear. You're Kim Kardashians, let's say. Um, and then there are the who's, the people that are the larger, the ever-growing category of celebrity, where there's always some new person who wants attention and you're not quite sure why they're famous. Those are the people we talk about multiple times a week. And we just sort of explain those people to our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Kim is a them, but I would argue like she's also kind of a who it's she exists which is why maybe she's so fascinating and why we could talk about her forever as a culture that she exists on the line where a lot of the things that we kind of categories that we put who we people into we say oh they're like this they're like that she is like that but everybody knows who she is mm-hmm. you know oh yeah she is a she is a them who does who behaviors Ex- mm-hmm. yes exactly so she's fascinating in a way we find a lot of them's not so fascinating Each sister, though, has like a moment and then like is gone and then has a moment and then is gone. So I do feel like the other sisters are more of an erratic up and down Mm -hmm. on the on the scale. And what's good for the goose is good for the gander. When Courtney was dating Travis Barker and then married Travis Barker, that made all of them. good for all of them. A little more interesting by default. Also, that Buca de Beppo ass wedding. I'm still mad about it. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. I know that Dolce Gabbana Halloween. Halloween store ass <laughs> wedding. You're right. Yuck. <laughs> so Ugh. true. Spirit Halloween. I could go on. Spirit Halloween. Thank you. Well, we're now going to talk about some other celebrities who are not Kardashians, <laughs> but 
might be kind of tacky. Uh, let's play a game, shall we? It's called Into It, Not Into It. It's really simple. I share a recent story from the news, from the zeitgeist, and you just tell me if you're into it or not and tell me why. Here's the first question. Are we into or not into Adam Levine wanting to name his third child, a child he's having with the wife he cheated on? Are we into him wanting to name that child after his alleged mistress? Okay. Okay. Like, I'm well, into it as a, new as a new <laughs> Wait, what's wait, the, oh, that wait, he was like, the question? Sorry, I'm about to spiral. Let's okay. answer the question. We're going to get to the new I'm details. The game wrong. It's okay. <laughs> I'm into, yeah, you're supposed to be into it or onto it. I'm into it as a celebrity story because it is funny. You don't hear stuff like this often. We've heard so many different types of celebrity gossip stories. This one is actually very, very funny. Those messages are one of a kind. But uh, as an idea, as a concept, the fact that he did that, I'm not into that. That's weird. Weird and bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Bobby? Ditto to that answer. I'm I'm into it because it's new. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. I'm v- deeply not into basically anything Adam Levine <laughs> is involved in <laughs> or with. Um, but did you see that, like, the thing is, it's like, there's no allegations of, like, sexual relationships. It's just flirty DMs. TMZ even just released Lord. a new story just while we were recording that was what? like, more women come forward with flirty DMs. She never says that they had sex. She just says that they had this communication. Like, I think this is just a creepy thing he that he did. was following Instagram models and like being like, yes. you're and creeping. So, okay, if I'm getting this right then, uh, Adam Levine has denied the affair, but he has apologized. Sumner Stroh, mm-hmm. the Instagram model, has shared DMs. We don't yet know what this baby will be named, but we do know that Adam Levine is at this moment still with his wife. Yeah, yes, it better it. not be Sumner now. That would be really a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that recent Maroon 5 hit where they like sample Pachelbel's canon. It works. That's not the one with the where you're spinning around and all the different women are there with Cardi B and Ellen. That's a different song, right? That's 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 I uh, like gr- girls like us, girls like you, me like girls. girls I don't know. Like me, yeah. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Have you heard the my favorite Pachelbel Pachelbel's canon remix is the fan made Starships Nicki Minaj Starships remix. That's like incredibly <gasps> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> so good. To the beach, eat, let's go get away. You bring this like, up like Pachelbel's canon peaked <laughs> with the Starships remix. <laughs> Nikki so ate Pachelbel's canon. <laughs> also, we cannot talk about Nikki this week because no, we, we are cannot. not into whatever no. she's cannot. doing. No, 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 we are no. not Please into whatever she's doing. Please don't bring her up. Nikki, put the phone down. Stop. <laughs> Call the barbs <laughs> off, please. Call the barbs <laughs> off. Uh, all right. Number two. Are we into or not into Sandra O oh going to Queen Elizabeth's funeral? <laughs> <laughs> it felt off. I mean, off. <laughs> I mean, I'm into it. I feel like I'm into it. I'm into it okay. because it teaches you about like uh, geography because you had to like look up why, how, then you learned about Canada, then maybe you learned about some history and then you were like, oh God, is that really the history? Yeah. And then you, and then that's kind of important to learn. Okay. So you're into it, Bobby, you are as I'm well. into it because <laughs> it was so much of the coverage of the Queen's funeral was about like identifying who all the different royals are like the tangential royals like this mm-hmm. royal that royal the hooey royals and i loved that 
in the middle of it, like, oh, Hugh Grant was also there. And then Sandra Oh was also there. Like, (laughs) I don't really care what they think about the monarchy, honestly. And I just think it's, I'm into the fact that Sandra Oh was there at all because she sort of broke up the monotony of all the royals. I love the backstory about it. So the reason that she was there was because she was part of Justin Trudeau's official delegation. Right. Mm-hmm. She was recently appointed to the Order of Canada. This is like one of the country's highest civilian honors, like their equivalent of like knighting you. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, in June 22, she was named an officer of the Order of Canada by Governor General of Canada, Mary Simon, the late Queen's representative in Canada, which is part of the Commonwealth. And because of that formal declaration, she was like an official guest of the Queen's funeral. Good. She should be. Good See, that's like, be. like Queen adjacent things. We, we don't really whatever. I don't care. But like I appreciate that that Sandra is being held up in her country as like on a high honor like that. Yeah. I can get the Queen yeah, said, I pick you. I choose you. <laughs> you are my person. Yeah. The Queen said you quit Grey's Anatomy no. at the exact right time. <laughs> The queen, the queen said, said I, I never, never got forget. around to killing Eve season two. <laughs> the queen is God, me. The queen is me. As good as one. <laughs> All right. Last question. Are we into celebrities saying they're going to retire, but then actually not retiring? Oh, my God. I hate this. I'm not. <laughs> you know what I'm this. talking about? I'm okay. sick You're not of into- this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you talking about like Tom Brady? Who else? Oh, oh, Woody yeah. Allen. Yeah, oh, baby. Yeah. Well, I'm into that because I was like, good, Go he's away. retiring. Yeah. Bye. See ya, bitch. But, but then now he's like, I'm not. He came back. <laughs> I'm not into it. And I, I think it's more of like a musician thing, like bands saying they're breaking up and then saying, just kidding. We're back together. Here's a reunion tour. Pay us more money. Right. It's mm-hmm. giving share. The mm-hmm. only exactly. time. It's giving kids. The only time I'm into it is if I believe that they genuinely were over it you know like i think that there's an exception when you kind of think of cameron diaz like i think that she was fully over it and really needed to be dragged back into the industry and so like cameron diaz i guess quote unquote coming out of retirement to be in a movie with jamie fox i'm into that but as a general rule, I'm not into it because I think that usually we're being conned. Oh, totally. <laughs> this is allegedly also why Tom Brady and Giselle are like on the rocks and like, like they're maybe on the gonna rocks? break up. What? Yeah, yeah because apparent because he was retiring and then he said, "Oops, never mind, I'm not retiring." And she was like, "What the heck? Like you, t- you we were supposed to like have a oh, life. Wow. Like we were supposed to like yeah. hang out. Like football is really taxing." And he said, "I miss my boys." And now apparently, according to lots and lots of tabloids, they're on the rocks. Well, I'm not into his new face. <laughs> Have you seen Tom Brady's yeah, new face? going on with him. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Anywho, back to Woody Allen. He ate a strawberry. Here's the whole story or, or what we know so far about Woody Allen retiring, but actually not. Um, mm-hmm. Woody Allen announced that he was going to stop making movies after the release of his next film, Wasp 22. But then a rep of his walked it back, telling Variety, quote, Woody Allen never said he was retiring, nor did he say he was writing another novel. He said he was thinking about not making films as making films that go straight or very quickly to streaming platforms is not so enjoyable for him as he is a great lover of the cinema experience. Currently, he has no intention of retiring and is very excited to be in Paris shooting his new movie, which will be the 50th. Ugh. I'm sure that's why uh, that's why he was quitting because his movies were going into <laughs> no. VOD. I'm sure that's why. Sure, that's why. Well, he that's also why. thinks like 
I feel like the margins on his movies are smaller and smaller and smaller and mm-hmm. actually fewer and fewer people watch them. Doesn't he get that we're like mostly over him anyway? Doesn't he get it? No one wants no one's waiting in line for his movies anymore. There's a lot of things I don't think Woody Allen gets. So it was a surprise <laughs> me this was it was one of them. On that note, Lindsay, Bobby, I thank you both again. Listeners, please listen to Who Weekly right now and forever. It it will give you life every week and life more oh. abundantly. Okay? <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> thank you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Alec Baldwin's going to come for us again. <laughs> <laughs> Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Calling all female runners. It's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. All right, as promised, we are about to discuss... Kim, would you stop taking pictures of yourself? Your sister's going to jail. Kim Kardashian. The new season of her show. Well, it's also her family's show. It launches this week, and it is called... Wait for it. The Kardashians. You have no idea how iconic this is. You just have no idea. By this point, you know how it works. All of them always on screen, being a family together, while subtly convincing you to buy something. Their makeup, 
their clothes, their perfumes, their apps, their credit cards, their way of life. My girlfriends, Lisa Renna and Kyle Richards and I are shooting an infomercial for Kim's new shapewear line. The Kardashians and Jenners have milked billions out of this strategy. But, and hear me out, it feels like Kim Kardashian matters a lot less than she used to. Her magazine covers don't break the internet anymore. And before the Kardashians took their reality show from E! to Hulu, the ratings were dropping hard. I've been wondering for some time now if Kim Kardashian is in decline. To figure this out, I called up MJ Corey. She is a psychotherapist by day, but she also runs Kardashian underscore colloquium on Instagram. Colloquium with a K. MJ uses media theory to analyze the Kardashians. And she's even written about Kim and Kanye for The New Yorker. I am more than honored to have, I want to say, America's preeminent Kardashian expert on the show. MJ, hi. Hello. I have a whole bunch of questions written out, but I think I want to start by asking if you had to describe Kim Kardashian in only three words, what three words would you use? Mm, Cultural fractal icon. Maybe. Ooh, okay. <laughs> icon. I'm kind of ta- tagging icon at the end there. I guess cultural fractal kind of like is really my point, but those are the ones that come to mind. What is the cultural fractal point? Expound a bit on that. To me, analyzing the Kardashians is not much different than analyzing these other major entrenched American institutions like Disneyland or Las Vegas or WWE. And all of okay. these, you know, these entrenched iconic conglomerates are telling us stories of America. They really are consequences of the American system in terms of media and its economic system. So the Kardashians are the same to me. That's what I'm really doing when I do this project. Yeah. You know, I find myself, especially during like peak pandemic, you Mm -hmm. know, when they all went to the secret island for Mm -hmm. Kim Kardashian's birthday, she's almost in the last few years stopped being a symbol for her family and a symbol for a certain type of woman. Mm -hmm. And she's become, for many people, including myself, a symbol of some of the worst of late-stage capitalism and some of the worst of, like, income inequality. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll wonder, there's a lot of rich people in this world to be mad about, and yet I'm more mad about sometimes her being rich than I am about, I don't know, Jeff Bezos. Something about it. It's more conspicuous. I don't know. Totally. No, I appreciate you saying that. I think that that hits on a really real thing about their power. So as we've watched this family perform this illusion of the American dream from, you know, people still love to remind her, you were Paris Hilton's maid. This like really like obscure. And Brandy's assistant. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So the thing is, people think they're really getting her with that one. But all it does is serve this construct of started from the bottom, now we're here kind of thing. And of course, the yeah. bottom is still like an incredibly elite <laughs> it was LA. A nice bottom. Right, it was, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but we watched them social climb to this point now where they're having private island birthday parties, and humans are honestly like it's evolutionary, probably drawn to watching depictions of transformations. Same with their faces, oh, yeah. same with everything. I mean, that's the name same of the with Kardashian. Their bodies, game. All yes, of it. yeah. Exactly. So then so then if you had to answer a yes or no to the question, is Kim Kardashian in decline? What would you say right now on the eve of season two of their reality show on Hulu? Transition, not decline. Okay. 
Okay, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> um, the family still collectively has over a billion followers on social media, and I think that's just Instagram. Um, Are you, wait, fig- stop, stop. That's wild. Is that crazy? <laughs> that's wild. It's very oh powerful. God. And yeah. so, the, okay, they have a billion just followers and then billions of more like actual dollars in that right. <laughs> right, right. They got the capital. They got the social capital as far as influencing the influencer economy goes. Um, the TV show, the ratings situation. Yes, Keeping Up with the Kardashians had following ratings, but the show became less and less important really to their mm. brand. It's been connective tissue to all their different stories, their different endeavors mm-hmm. and their enterprises, but but it's really just a commercial. It's always been a commercial, but it's a commercial yeah. for Kardashian brands, which are very successful. So Skims jumped something like, we would need a fact checker in here, but something like 90% over the course of 2021. Skims is a billion dollar business. Yes. Also, yes. let's be real. It's it's just sexy girdles. I love how like yes. they yes. try to spin it. My mama used to wear girdles. Okay, like totally. this is not new. This is not new. Totally. But good for them for making it work, right? They take the fundamentals and then they kind of dress them up, innovate them, make them. Um, they you know they repackage it, and th- these are all really basic formulas they work with. Even the family sitcom formula. They feel like America's family. Who knows? Like, these are all constructs. It's all being filtered through media. But they get, they sell that to us. So the decline is not so weird. It's just us waiting for it, anticipating it, thinking it into existence. But really, she's starting a private equity fund. That's what Her I want to talk about. influence we felt for generations. Yeah. So this is the thing. When you say transition, it kind of feels like they're there now. Because yes. some of the mediums that they came up in are just in decline. You yes. know, terrestrial TV is in decline, period. So, of course, the ratings for their e-show will go down, right? Yes. In spite of their domination of Instagram, the new hot app is TikTok. And so some of it is just the mediums changing and they either keep up or become a bit less important, but still important. But also what's happening, and you mentioned this thing, Kim moving to venture capital. We are seeing Kim kind of shift her business priorities to Mm -hmm. things that could still be insanely profitable or in, or very influential, but they're business ventures that require less of her looks. I'm talking yes. about the venture capital firm. I'm talking about her legal work on justice reform. She can do those things regardless of whether photos of her butt break the internet. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like this is the kind of thing when you begin to age out of that prime age for mm-hmm. the female body in the culture Do you see a central theory in this shift or am I just overthinking it? Never overthinking it. Um, (laughs) I think think what's interesting is that there was so much focus on her body. The Break the Internet reference is a great one. The 2014 paper cover that really did, like if you look at the graph of Kim Kardashian searches on Google Trends, like it spikes for that month of that cover. It's like they declared their intention and they made it so. Um, And that was building towards a shilling of shapewear, body-focused products. Um, And now there's a shift to, there's a moving away from the body to the face, as far as her products go. Mm. And and it's even like acknowledging that aging is happening. It's about skincare, aging prevention, her face. Mm. And I was really, um, I wasn't expecting this move towards venture capital. The venture capital surprised me, but then once I thought about it, I was like, you know what? She does. She makes good business choices. Right. I will give her that. It makes sense. And when I learned a little more about private equity, because that's what I appreciate using them as, as also prompts for just deeper inquiry in general. What is what is private equity? How does it work? 
it's revamping struggling companies or growing companies. And so her essence, her vision, her agenda will be in all kinds of, and they said they're honing in on media companies. We're going to be feeling her influence even when she starts to phase out. And I think it's worth saying too, like it took her a decade plus of selling her image on the basis of her body and the obsession that the public has with it to then earn the capital or gain the capital, we'll say, into these more influential, fundamental, the things that run this fucking country on a deeper level realm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, when we talk about her transitioning, we do have to just kind of check in on the success of the ventures up until now. She's in this moment where there is, you know, this good dialogue around her, like possibly becoming a lawyer and helping folks get out of prison. But when you look at her other previous ventures, she's currently facing a lawsuit over a cryptocurrency potential scam and another lawsuit over an alleged lottery scam on Instagram. How should we examine all of that as we look to her next phase. I mean, she manages to ignore it all. Yeah, she'll just ignore it. It's just, it's almost similar to how we've seen her historically handle different Kanye kind of meltdowns where there'll be long stretches of Kim's silence and then like the one mic drop, like Instagram story post that speaks to it and then that's it. And that's a really powerful way to control the narrative. I think we can look at sort of how the system runs and how then how... Power and capital in this in the American system work combined with when they touch media and then how it comes out word to us. So, like, basically what I mean is look at Trump. Like, we're wondering if maybe this latest inquiry is really going to do him in. But there have been questions about his history of lawsuits and his business practices throughout his presidency. And it didn't change anything about the movement that he cultivated. So as far yeah. as her power and her impact, I don't think it w- will really do much. When you're at that scale, there's a lot of, like, insulation, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's it's funny to hear you—not funny, but— important to hear you talk about Trump and Kardashian together because mm-hmm. in many ways they work the same model of celebrity yes. and they work mm-hmm. the same model of media manipulation. Yes. But if I had to say, I would say Kim worked harder to get to where she got than Trump worked to get to where he got. Kim, yeah. Kim has shown more grit, I think, than Trump just being like a woman doing all yeah. this. I don't really get into the identity politics of it, but it's true. Like it's, we don't, we've never seen women accumulate capital at this scale before. No. And she can be a chameleon in ways that he never was good at. He's always right. just been Trump. She right. has been different versions of herself at every phase of her career. True. He's, you're so right. Like if you look at like Trump's history of cameos and it's interesting that they both like are such cameo primed mm-hmm. figures. Um, mm-hmm. He's always been Trump, like Home Alone and like all those like yeah. pre-apprentice era cameos. And Kim, again, there's been fascination with the family, I think, just because they've depicted evolution um, in such an exaggerated way. And people just on a primitive level fucking love that. I keep seeing this moment of Kim Kardashian as like yeah. a big shift for her, which is why mm-hmm. I want to have this conversation now as the new season of the show comes out. Yeah. To see someone who made a living and a career and became an icon on her body to say, now I'm doing venture capital and criminal Mm -hmm. justice reform, that feels like a big moment. Does her in this moment of shift change anything about the central theory of Kim Kardashian you might have had five years ago? 
I did not predict. I could not have. I just, I was surprised by the venture capital piece. But as far as Kim shifting from her body to this place of power, this is where I saw it going. And I think it's funny that now the conversations are starting around after that interview cover where she was like in the Americana aesthetic. People Mm -hmm. are like, she's going to run for president. I don't know if she really will, but as far as that conversation being a, a, a worthy question, like that, I've been asking that question for several years now because this is world domination stuff. She hasn't actually dominated yet, but we're seeing the groundwork of it. Like we've been seeing the groundwork of it bit by bit by bit over the course of this this epic decade that she's had. All power is worth inspection because it's yes. powerful. Yes. Even if we don't like the Marilyn Monroe dress it's wearing, it's yes. power. Analyze yes. it. Look at it. See it. Do you like the show? I'm on the fence. The new show. For me, it's like work. Yeah, it's like work. <laughs> I, 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 there's moments where like, whenever they break the fourth wall or they kind of like take ownership of like the inherent postmodernism of what they're doing, I get excited. I get a little thrill when when Kim tells Chris, bring the cameras during like on a speakerphone conversation. Mm-hmm. And then things mm-hmm. like that are thrilling to me. But, uh, you know, it's work. <laughs> The thing is, the more I see their little houses in Calabasas, I'm just like, put some art on those walls. Y'all got too much money to have these bare-ass walls. Anywho, I could go on and on about this. My editor's (laughs) saying rap, but (laughs) this is such a delightful conversation. Oh my gosh, thank you. This was was just wonderful. Um, I am so glad to talk with someone who takes the Kardashians as seriously as I do. (laughs) Me too. Thanks again to MJ Corey with the C. She runs the Instagram account Kardashian underscore Colloquium. Colloquium with the K. Now, MJ doesn't quite have a billion followers, but 41,000 is not too shabby. Also, if you're so inclined, check out her piece all about Kim Kardashian and Kanye West in The New Yorker. It's from August of this year. It's called Kim Kardashian and Kanye West's Quest to Become America's Favorite Superheroes. In this piece, she makes the case that Kim and Kanye and their family are a lot like Disney's The Incredibles. I know, you gotta read it. Tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Culture Geist. Culture Geist. You're listening to Culture Geist. Culture Geist. I don't know, y'all. And now for a segment we're calling Culture Geist. About all the things we can't stop thinking about. The culture that's haunting you, haunting me, haunting all of us, for better or worse. Hey, my name's Corey Sika, and I'm an editor here at New York Magazine. If you don't play video games, you surely don't know the name Hideo Kojima. He's the creator of a game called Death Stranding, which you should absolutely play, even if you don't know 
video games or play video games, it is the best video game ever made, probably. But so Death Stranding came out in 2019. It's been a long couple of years. We don't know what's coming next, and he's increasingly teasing us more and more. He This weekend, he came to, a, to the Tokyo Game Show and with a merch booth with a large cryptic photograph poster of a, a woman's silhouetted face with the words, Who am I? I sent everyone into overdrive, and then he literally then tweeted, don't matter who, LOL. <laughs> like, he's driven us all over the edge, and so we're living in this sustained, kind of old-fashioned state of fandom where we're, like, uh, completely on edge and freaked out and excited and also deprived. It's nice to anticipate. It's nice to have something to look forward to. I just hope I don't die before uh, it comes out, whatever it is. Hi, my name is Jason P. Frank, and the thing I'm most obsessed with this week is Robin's cover of Bjork's Hyper Ballad for the Polar Music Prize back in 2010. I know it's a little old, but uh, Bjork's new album, Fossora, is coming out later this month, and I'm preparing myself. Uh, Bjork and Robin are two of my absolute favorite pop artists, and they're normally very different. Bjork is languid and often kind of intentionally obtuse in her songwriting. She obscures her music to the point where listening to her is worthwhile, but it sometimes feels like a feat of endurance. Robin's songs are kind of perfectly structured and her melodies instantly cut to the heart. Uh, the cover somehow finds the common ground. It it pushes Robin to be weirder than she normally is, and it pushes Bjork's songwriting to be clearer. Robin manages to kind of unearth hooks that are buried in the original version and make her yearning more direct. I wouldn't want Robin to permanently give up her you know, glean of perfection, or I wouldn't want Bjork to permanently give up her obtuseness. But for one song, it's it's really fun to see the two combined. Hey, Intuit crew, my name is Sam, and my culture geist this week is a 20-second clip from an episode of Happy Endings, in which Max, Adam Pally's character, makes a joke that's something along the lines of, if Mary Tyler Moore married and then divorced Stephen Tyler and then married and divorced divorced Stephen Tyler, then married and divorced Michael Moore, then got into a three-way lesbian marriage with Demi Moore and Mandy Moore, would she go by the name Mary Tyler Moore, Tyler Moore, Moore, Moore? Okie dokie. Ow. I watched that clip about once a day, and I have for the last 10 years. So thanks so much. Thanks again to Sam, Jason, and Corey. My culture, guys, this week is Mark Wahlberg. He keeps showing up in the weirdest ways. I'm currently getting promos for two of his Netflix films, which are trending on that platform right now, one in which he plays a Catholic priest. I also get all these ads online for his Catholic Prayer app, and I just discovered that he owns a used car dealership in Columbus, Ohio. We've all been wrong, and we've all done some wrong. He can't forgive us. Either Mark Wahlberg is the hardest working man in showbiz, or he owes somebody a lot of money. 
Listeners, do you have a culture geist, a thing in the culture that's been haunting you for days or weeks or even years? Share it with us. The more specific you are, the better. Just send us a short voice memo at intuit at vulture.com. Intuit at vulture.com. All right, Intuit is hosted by me, Sam Sanders. The show is produced by Janae West, Jelani Carter, and Travis Larchuk. Our editor is Jordana Hochman. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. Our podcast operations manager is Gabi Grossman. And Tana Rosen is the editorial director of audio at New York Magazine. All right, listeners, we are back next Thursday with a new episode. Till then, try to have some fun. Bye. A marathon is a journey, 26.2 miles. And while the distance is the same, no two journeys are exactly alike. Team Milk is shining a spotlight on female marathon runners across the country, helping them on their journey from training to recovery. And in 2024, Team Milk is launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. The Every Woman's Marathon will be a weekend of wellness and celebration, inviting runners of all levels to be a marathon finisher. The inaugural race will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16th, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com.